I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that? Here's Vinny. And I'm Noel and I'm here also. <laughs> we got Karen Mack in the bag. And this is Invasion of the Potty Snatchers. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. All right, Noah, we're back. Yeah. And um, we're, we're saying that we're going to go travel through all these fucking famous horror locations throughout the month of October here on Polly's Snatchers. And Stephen like, King has sucked us back in yeah, already. Stephen King, motherfucker. She can't, you can't avoid him. Like. Cannot avoid him, man. He's <laughs> like, a... He is the, in the Thanos of horror. Yeah. Like, he's just absolutely inevitable. It seems just adding jewels like, ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you can't, they can't argue with the CV. Yeah, and um, like, so the first time around, we, we looked at It Chapter 1 and Chapter 2, and we went to uh, Derry, Maine, and this time, Stephen King, as you said, pulled us back in. This time, he's pulled us all the way to Colorado in um, the Overlook Hotel. Correct. Where, um, first of all, we see Jack Torrance, played by Jack Nicholson, take his family to you know spend five months in the colorado fucking isolation the wilderness up during the winter when the the roads are snowed in yeah and like it's an iconic movie and there's like probably no movie that exists today that's been picked apart more than the shining people looking for hidden meanings messages all this shit documentaries about i seen a documentary that went so over the top room 237 is it yeah i think so and at the end where the guy's skiing down he said look his shadow is a minotaur and i'm like yeah stanley kubrick knew that if he was in a helicopter and if the sun was like setting over here yeah. and it was a guy skiing down, if you think about it, obviously his shadow would look like a minotaur. Yeah. Like this film was so full of symbolism that you didn't need to do that. Yeah. Even just watching it, it just yeah. bleeds it. it just and bleeds a lot it. of people believe that this is Stanley Kubrick's way of admitting that he faked the moon landing for NASA. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Warner Brothers helped NASA do it. No, listen, Warner Brothers released this movie and like there's all this hidden symbolism. Danny even wears an Apollo 11 or Apollo 13 uh, rocket or some shit like on his shirt one uh, like later on in the movie and shit like and people have been saying that for years and years and years but it's like four I, I look at the clock I'm like I have a terrible habit of doing that I was like how many years has it been I look at the clock yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. I don't know I, I just think if I it's was been like if, four yeah, decades you if know, that like, kind of shit was floating around and I was Kubrick I would just I would just lean into it and literally just yeah just fuck with them he's the mind fuckers mind oh my fucker, god that's all he? he did they're going to be yeah. they're going to discover stuff in 50 years i mean the guy's been dead nearly 20 yeah and they still like psychoanalyze everything he yeah did. he was he was well he like was... he's dead two decades the movie's like two decades even that older than that like yeah yeah and people are the, still finding I mean, one year earlier when you be talking five decades i mean it was 1980 man it was a long time ago yeah and it was like the cusp of this new kind of wave of horror. Yes. Where uh, even though it held on to the symbolism, the gore was kind of ramped up a bit more. Yeah. And like even though it's like 1980, it still had a lot of the stylized version of the 1970s type horror. Where like, you know, instead of using music, they use sound effects to set the tone and there's a score like a heartbeat or whatever. Exactly. And make it very unsettling. Or the, the absence of music. Yeah. Suddenly. Yeah. Or just even like, the, it's not even that they use, mu- the, the sounds are used just very unnerving sounds and not even yeah. just music per se. Like, like when you watch The Omen, when the dog shows up. Yes. And have that weird fucking sound effect playing. I in the always background. loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to find that so unsettling when I was a kid. That's the thing. Like, I found watching The Shining. I found like, like despite the fact that I've seen it, I, I not not a huge number of times. I, yeah. I've I've sat down and watched this film start to finish before this week, but maybe three times. Yeah. And I've seen it in bit drips and drabs, yeah. and I've seen it analyze like, room two three seven, yeah. uh, so on and so forth. But um, 
when I was watching Shining, I was watching The Shining. I yeah. mean, I was square. It like, just drags you in. It just it? drags you in. Yeah. And I was, I found myself, you know, when um, when uh, Halloran is showing them around the hotel, Scatman, Crawther is real name. Where, but I just thought, like, I bet you that's because, that's because you can't help it. Yeah. Everything, everything is. They try to say even in the interview the tie Jack Nicholson wears. Like people have closed, zoomed in on it, and they can see the maze. Like the tie pattern on oh. is the same as the maze outside. Like you know what I mean. Like it's like, like this film is the most analyzed movie probably in history. Like, Someday you know I'm gonna I mean? make a movie and I'm gonna get go so into the Kubrick thing. I'm gonna forget to make a screenplay. Uh, you know I'm gonna be like you know everything everything. I'm gonna be like wow that's 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 high concept. And yeah. I was like yeah but what am I gonna make the film about? Yeah. I mean and, I've ordered the ties. And, yeah. you know, and it, <laughs> yeah, just like take what you do is watch all the Kubrick's movies and take one thing from each movie and combine it all together and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the first you know the way everyone knows Kanye West is crazy. Yeah, I, I allegedly, think he, allegedly, and uh, the first time I knew it is apparently he wasn't in keeping up with the Kardashians because he wished they had taken more of a Kubrick approach, <clears throat> and uh, that that was it. I, I mean, he should have been institutionalized. Well, he's not wrong. Then. The man's out of line, but he's not wrong. <laughs> I think I think you're in the wrong fucking wheelhouse, pal. Yeah. Um. But anyway, this film, we're yeah. in it, and I don't know. You, when you're watching it, you, even though you know everything that's coming, you do find yourself scene by scene. It, it yeah. the, the flow of this film is phenomenal. Yeah, and and the way he kind of parses up the film as well, that like the way he gives you the information, you're actually sucked into every single scene in a totally different way. Yes, like Ullman explaining, yeah, yeah, the last guy might have gone a bit crazy. Yeah. But I have a good feeling about you, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> because he had a, what? like, I mean, Jack Nicholson was supreme in this role. Yeah. Uh, but he, he had an intensity to him from the get-go. Yeah, and that's Stephen, one of Stephen King's issues with the film itself. Really? Because he was supposed to be yeah, cause he said very he, docile. You read the book, yeah. and I haven't, like, but seemingly Jack Torrance goes gradually insane, where Stephen King said from Kubrick's version of it, he felt like that he was... Teetering. All, he was, oh, yeah, exactly. He was already kind of yeah, on the Yeah, because even like, on the car right there, and yeah. Danny's in between um, Wendy and, and Jack. Uh, that you know, he's already got this like God. If they don't just shut the fuck up, kind of yeah. body language, if yeah. you like. And, uh, well, because I think he has um, what's the word I'm looking for? A deluded sense of grandeur about himself. Yes, he feels like he should be this number one best-selling author. Or whatever, the only thing you know? he need, yeah, the only thing stopping him is not the fact that he actually isn't a great author. It's the fact that he just needs some silence. Yeah, needs, exactly. And all yeah. people just keep getting in his way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. distractions. And what's the only distraction that's left now is his family. Yeah, you know. And that's the whole thing about it, isn't it? Though? Like, oh, absolutely. Well, I was saying this to you earlier. I'm going to use it now because I think it's a good sound bit. Mm. Is that it, this this film is kind of like, well, if these walls could talk and the walls can talk. Yeah. And it, all they say is horrific things. And all they say is horrific things. Yeah. Like, I mean, India, like a, a slaughter of Indians, like way, way back when. Yeah. And then just an awful lot of horrible shit that the, the hotel just absorbs and stacks yeah. on top of itself. Yeah. Uh, what movie was that in? Like, I believe. Um, when bad things happen in a place, that piece of that. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I yeah, can't, I can't uh, remember yeah. what movie. But that's, that's it. That, like just that, the energy it? of it or something is absorbed yeah, yeah, yeah. and it just stays there. Because yeah, like there is certain places that just oh, make yeah. you feel different in other places. Like, I, I, I have been in, in after, like, I have been in places and I remember thinking I I need to not be here. Yeah, and like, I'm I just wondering though, like, and like the thing is, like, because some places I was about to about to like. Uh, go against you, but I was about to say, I wonder is that a, a case of psychosomatic kind of? Oh, thing? I, of course. Yeah, but like certain places, you don't know of their history, but they still give you the fucking creeps. Yeah, absolutely. And that 
like is that just the ambience or the look at the place but there's certain places i've been in that have creeped me out i've been in creepy places or whatever but there's certain places that like i don't know the history of like the place i yeah. grew up where i lived when i was a kid grew up that gave me the creeps but i knew the history some dude killed himself outside the house so that was probably psychosomatic you know you're just giving this yeah of thing, course like, you yeah know, you're giving you know, a life to it yeah, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me um but you're giving that kind of thing in your mind and you're a kid and you grow up and you hear this thing and you watch a lot of horror movies growing yeah. up <laughs> you know what i mean like so but there's places i've been to that I've no idea what the history are, but I felt very uncomfortable or unsettled there. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just the atmosphere that it gives you yeah. or if there is an energy there. Because I, I, as I said to a minute ago, I don't really believe in an afterlife, you know it's what I mean? Same as, yeah. You know, which is unfortunate. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah. love to be deluded and believe in fairies and all this kind of <laughs> stuff, like, you know. But like, I just, but I think, I don't know, whatever it is, maybe if we are all energy, there's some places that maintain or hold on to this kind of weird badness that's whatever has occurred and the overlook hotel is kind was of that, that to the nth degree nth degree literally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and through the stop through, stealing my thoughts no. <laughs> and through the shining word for word I was it. going to say that yeah, were you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> through the shining we got to see it in quite a literal yeah. sense the twins and yeah the, the, the 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 previous caretaker and showing up and yeah. Jack, you know Jack walking through the ballroom is always going to be the most iconic scene yeah. you know it's so vibrant and it's yeah. full of life um, it's where he goes back and he meets Lade for the second time isn't it yes yeah. and I think essentially like especially well a lot of this you kind of relates from the second film which we're not going to get into yet but that it, it was like essentially it was somebody confronted with their own darkness and Jack had so much in it that he just fell into it and Danny was still just a yeah. he was he had a literal light in him called the shining and b he was so innocent yeah that he was able to fight it yeah and i think when and he, he was guided by scat man he was, yeah guided by scat man but he uh <laughs> but he um and then wendy would i think wendy was in her own way was going crazy yeah is that her real accent I have no idea. It sounded like a really fake Southern Bell accent that she was trying to put on. I uh, honestly don't know. Uh, yeah. I'd say close enough to it because Kubrick, like, you know, the, yeah. the famous Here's Johnny T. I think they shot that. And I, I mean, if I'm right, the number was like 137 yeah. or yeah, something. No, he like, was, something bonkers. Yeah, no, he was known and for that. Kubrick essentially, story. like, she was in, in an actual state of torture. Yeah. Where just even just having to do it was, she was having a panic. Yeah. Essentially, we're looking at a woman having a panic attack. Yeah. Which is like I mean, don't get me wrong. I suppose if you're if you're going to look at it from the cold effectiveness, yeah. it's an amazing scene. But obviously, I'm, I'm not going to condone yeah. that sort of thing. But I, I think if her, she, ac- if her accent was not her accent, I, I just don't think Kubrick would let it fly. But I don't have the answer. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, because like even Shelley Duvall has got, uh, gone on and said that because of the Shining, she's suffered mental issues throughout her life. And stuff oh, like absolutely, that. Like, you yeah. know, you know. But like, I mean, she went to do I think Popeye yeah, within yeah. a year or something like that. And you're just thinking, I'm, 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 you know, you thought me, she, she's, you forget she was just an actress. She didn't sign up for like, she isn't like, you know what I want to do? I want to be an extreme actress. I want to be somebody who throws themselves yeah. into the absolute insane thing. She's just well, an, ex, an extremely talented woman who got the job, yeah. but that didn't mean she signed up for her. But on the other hand, though, Stanley Kubrick is a renowned um, director at this stage. And everybody knows his style. He's made 2001 Space Odyssey at this stage. He's made uh, yes, okay, uh, he has, a, cl- yeah. a Clockwork Orange. You know what I mean? Like, you know, God, he, I suppose if I'd watch a Clockwork Orange, yeah. You know, he's not very like, uh, like a kids' glove kind of director. Everybody, you must have mm. known. Everybody knows it. Like, I, I've I lived most of my adult life decades after he's already died. 
and I know about Kubrick. So if I was living during the time of Kubrick, I oh, think the I height of his powers. Yeah, the height of his powers. I would have known about his methods, like, yeah. especially from in the industry. Because going into The Shining, he was already a legend. Yeah. And this is when he probably... And he wanted to make his masterpiece, probably. Like, yeah. Even yeah. though Space Odyssey probably is. Pro Space Odyssey probably is. Yeah. But The Part Shining... The ending, which well, is, The Shining told, kind of told us that there's no purview of, of film that he just couldn't do. Yeah. Because, you know, he's, he's, had, he's had the grounded... Yeah. film with a storyline and a plot that's not like he's been to space he's he's grounded himself and anyway he's been in the shining yeah, and he's did full metal jacket after this and everything oh, it was ridiculous like, <laughs> like that dude hell. I mean we should have so we should we should have given up our steam our life force to keep that fucker alive we yeah. really should have <laughs> our little plebs so cool map my steams yeah <laughs> but uh tell me as this film progressed did you think it had any weaknesses um no not really like literally if you look at the color palette even like everything about oh. the movie is delicious like i, I, I can still picture the mat yeah like when he's when uh, when danny's on his mm. little uh yeah, even the, the main thing. lobby when it's all like reds yeah. and whites and she was like remember she goes there and she's like oh pink and gold is my favorite color and all this like like everything just looks so fucking rich yeah. expensive you know what I mean? but everything looks so of its era but also uh, you can see the 70s runoff in it you know oh, I mean? 100%. Like, yeah, and that's one thing I loved about The Shining because, like, uh, I wrote an article a while back about 80s horror and how I finished it off as I talked about how The Shining kind of encapsulated the, as I mentioned a moment ago, how it encapsulates the 1970s style, stylistically, the way it's kind of done, but it has this kind of 1980s feel about it. Like, it's like like the new wave of horror is about to happen. More gore, more jump scares. Higher concepts. Yeah, higher concept, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Before we have... You know the generation that turned out to be the slasher generation like you know what yeah I mean? yeah you know what I mean? but this is what he was kind of leaning towards like this kind of higher concept horror that not only relies on gore but also relies on suspense and it's nearly borderline a thriller more than a horror you know what i mean yeah and they're normally the best horrors in my opinion of course i i, mm -hmm. I think like sometimes you watch something and nobody wants to be murdered i think is a very basic kind of concept mm -hmm. in films so you can just lean into that and do that quite easily yeah uh, but then you have um but then you have something where what if you went crazy yeah what if you went absolutely stole like what if you were brought to the brink of absolute madness and then died and that's what this film like i mean when you're when you're watching jack you kind of think like the thing is when i was watching this you're kind of wondering who would i have been in this scenario would i have been a wendy who just wanted to survive, cared about the kid, or would I have been a Jack? Because again, it it, 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 it turns you on yourself. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose when you're, now that I'm saying, and this is an original thought I've had, it was you to put me on the track when you are saying, that was one thing that Stephen King hated, is that it probably would have worked maybe if the guy did go in an absolute, like, docile, yeah. real gentle, salt of the earth guy, and Jack did go in with this intensity. But at the same time, would I have... If I was exposed to all the darkness in me, would I, would I overcome it or yeah. would I lean right into it? Because it was also about his alcoholism. It was about him as a person. It was about him realizing his shortcomings. When that that classic scene when Wendy walks up to the typewriter. By the way, same brand of typewriter that they used in some of the concentration camps when the Nazis were registering the the, the uh, Jewish prisoners. Oh, seriously? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Fucking hell. That's the thing. There's not man. There's nothing. The most mon mundane thing. The type of lamp used or something. I. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the type of carpet. Everything. Everything. Um, but uh, but when you realize all he has is all work and no play. And it turns out that at that point you realize the emperor has no clothes, yeah, and it's everyone else's fault. And man, like when he's like, he goes to Wendy when she offers him the sandwiches, 
Um, I was like, what an ungrateful asshole. And then I was Elaine Lorraine. I was like, how come when I'm writing, you never come in and offer me sandwiches? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's my sandwiches? <laughs> and then like, she does that. You're like, what the fuck are you doing hey, here? Oh, yeah. I'm in here and you hear me going, don't come in here. <laughs> um, but I do. I think some, it, it, it made me think of people that you've met in your own life and nothing's yeah. ever their fault. Yeah. Jack was that. Yeah. There's something I just like, a few things that you don't like. Um, in this world, like when it comes to addiction, but I hate degenerate uh, alcoholic. I hate degenerate gambler because they never own up to their own mistakes. Yeah, never, never. And if never, only, yeah, if only this one thing that went yeah. wrong for me went right for me. Yeah, and like and it's never anybody's fault. It's never their fault. But it's everybody's fault, but their own. Like you know, and like, but like, and this this is what Jack Nicholson was in this movie. Though he was like a degenerate alcoholic. And he was trying to make excuses for what he did with Danny, and you yeah. know, like, because he and Danny him. was a sweet kid. Yeah, like, and like, it, <laughs> I just thought it was so weird. Like, Tony is like, the dude lives in my mouth. Like, okay, weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, Danny. <laughs> but I say that, that that's that's a trope. Yeah, uh, and that is that with kids, you can give them all of the power. They can like poltergeist, etc., where yeah. they can see into the beyond. And they can they can tell that the house is haunted or that there's ghosts or that something are, evil is approaching. Yeah. And kids in their imaginations, yeah, yeah, yeah. dogs yeah. barking at like you know benevolent are. evils that you haven't yeah. discovered yet. That's that's a trope. Yeah. And um, with Danny, it was no different, but I think it was done at a higher concept in a more intelligent way. No, move your mic back somewhere. No, no, away from you. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. No, sorry. But uh. I thought, like, I mean, when you look at it, it's kind of from the perspective of Danny, but a lot of it doesn't really feel like it's about Danny. It feels yeah. like it's about Jack. Yeah, no, I think that's... The, and it, Danny was this the voice, I think, that, that made us fear it, Is that different than the book? Like, who's the, who's the focal point of the book, do you remember? I'm sure it's probably been ages since you read it. Like, it's been, Jesus, it's been 20-something yeah. years since I read it, but... Yeah, the, the book, so in your mid-50s, well, you read see, it. <laughs> but the book, the, book, the book did just make you feel like a fly in the wall, so it was kind of about everybody. But Jack's descent into madness yeah. was the thing that stood out to most of me. And and that's saying something because you had a kid with superpowers. Yeah, is Wendy such a whiny bitch in the book as well? But she doesn't come across as <laughs> <laughs> But like, I mean, you know, there's a couple of her a couple of her fears were probably fair enough, you know. Uh, yeah, no, but like seriously though. <laughs> no, but like I, I just I don't know, like I know you can't really change a classic, but like Jesus Christ, Shelley Deval breaks my head every time I watch these movies, this movie, man, every time. There is nothing oh that you God. can actually come at Shelley Duvall for because when you're working with Kubrick, that's Kubrick's film. Yeah, like I know. You are, you are just... And just that accident. Well, you are in the most pure sense an actor. Yeah. This is what this scene is. You but are this. This is your motivation. This is why I want to be she delivered. for me, delivered. though, uh, with that movie is the only person I've seen the entire movie that feels like they're playing a part is Shelley Duvall. Did that's, you really feel that way? I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't. To me, she feels like she's acting. I see what you, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like when I watch it, like when I watch the interview scene, those guys that are interviewing Jack Nicholson, to me, I was like, that could be anybody. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's what when I look at a part, when I look at a scene, I'm like, that should be like the my mindset should be that could be anybody. I do, you know I mean? do remember, like, you know, this just before uh, Jack had to, you know, go out the door with the axe. Yeah, uh, and uh, he's uh, this is just behind the scenes, you know, yeah. and uh, act, like actual crew are walking in around him, and he's literally standing in the room going. Oh, yeah, I see fucking, that. Yeah, Jesus fuck. And yeah. people are walking around, and he couldn't give a continental shite about them. Yeah. He is absolutely in, in the, zone. the zone. Yeah. And that's like, I've always thought, could I act? 
Everyone's taught that. Yeah. Of course. Such I definitely know I couldn't, yeah. I, I, I think I could to a degree. Yeah, I definitely like, I think I, I think I, it's definitely a skill I'm not claiming to have. Yeah. And I've never done it. Jesus, like, this is like, oh, and I can definitely play this guitar solo or something. No, yeah. it's stupid. But, I just but that off. degree? Yeah. No. Yeah. Hell yeah. no. I couldn't. I, I, just I, letting yourself yeah. go to that Daniel Day-Lewis degree yeah. is no. I just know I can't. It's, 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 it's like asking if I can fly. I just simply can't. And to do myself. that. 70 times or 80 times yeah you know and never I mean? lose that intensity in fact up it somehow even yeah. though you're fatigued yeah even though the coffee's wearing off and that's probably what stanley kubrick wants though with these multiple takes he wants it literally the scene to literally weigh everything on you about everything he, on he did like... for me was yeah. the man was it, was it was his legacy yeah you know it was his legacy and that, that this can't this can't be it'd be like it's like when Stephen King is probably writing a book and but he gets to create that world it's not such as any yeah. interference but i think stanley kubrick is trying to write a book and people are people they've got different yeah. feelings and different interpretations and he just wasn't having it he would yeah. know my interpretation yeah not, not exactly so I, I said to you before we start recording it says stanley kubrick's the yeah. shining and every time you, you know talk about like, the shining you end up talking about stanley kubrick yeah like if i we talk about uh, avengers or if we talk about die hard or we talk about absolutely any film you, we the directors come like, up of course i would say the shining, stanley kubrick gets talked about as much as the actors yeah i think the shining is actually more linked now in the social consciousness to stanley kubrick than is stephen king even a hundred percent you know what i mean like which is odd because like stephen king being such a, a prolific world-class world-renowned horror author to have one of his work he's stephen king yeah well, i mean I, we, we we made a joke about him being inevitable because stephen king mm. and even in 1980 he was a titan yeah exactly like he'd already had like fucking what at least probably half a dozen or a dozen books under his belt that's oh yeah absolutely you know what yeah. i mean like you know and what had been made i mean yeah. i know carrie, carrie yeah. been made, uh, cujo uh, um, Fire, christine firestarter firestarter was that one of his uh, yeah yeah um but yeah you're right but yeah. that's the thing like that that's the thing i think that's one of the reasons stephen king obviously i think christine might be later i think stephen king would give like obviously he's never really complained much about the films and stuff like that yeah. he's been very sport but this one is obviously you man try to it's like uh it's like maybe game of thrones or something like yes it's based on this but no we're doing our own thing yeah it wasn't like thanks for thanks for that that's a good idea and now yeah. i'm going to take it and run with it and we're going to use your world as now like, we're going to use your world yeah but and but it, it but every interpretation was just just led kubrick yeah but it was a great but the thing is i, I know i'm not i didn't write the book so i don't mm. have personal investment but i loved that film yeah I but the point you met about jack nicholson i have to say is after resonating with me yeah that the intensity he went in with yeah I could well, imagine that's not a my world, point. It's Stephen King's point. It's though. Stephen King's point, yeah. but, but but like when you watch the Med for TV movie, yeah, I've never which, seen it. Which oh, I've only ever seen it once. It was years yeah. ago, but I remember he, like Jack went in a little like more docile, yeah, and descended. I think I think I should watch it just for just for this. Yeah, just like it, because yeah. it's it's supposed to probably feel like it could happen to you. Yeah, like you could be a loving father and husband. And trying to provide for your family. <laughs> <laughs> Farfetch. Yeah, Farfetch. I'm, I'm trying to build the world. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> Stay with me. <laughs> but at the same time, this 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 film is 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 almost a fuck you from Kubrick because he just wasn't having it. Yeah, and like daily there was rewrites. Like daily, like as mm. far as I know from the, the documentary, like he was constantly changing. Like so, because oh, yeah, even he even he would go. You know what? No. Yeah, because that, like, did, that didn't feel right in, in application. Like, yeah, you know. in application. Yeah, but um, the I think like you know it probably got further and further away from the source material. Is what I mean by daily rewrite. So probably yeah. at one stage, maybe this is where Stephen King's anger might come from. Maybe at one stage there was a script that was quite similar to yes. the source material, 
and within the process of bringing it from you know concept script to the feature that maybe it yeah. the tone changed very like massively and maybe that's where Stephen King but yeah you could have, but you can imagine reading the script like if you, when he's interviewed by Ullman uh, yeah. for the job and he's told like you know great this, scene. this is great scene yeah. yeah but you can if you're reading just reading that it's yeah. probably this is what Jack says this is what Ullman says this is what Jack says and then you're going yeah but you didn't realise that Jack Nicholson was going to be sitting there with a shit eating grin on his face <laughs> you know yeah. and, and, and uh, he was going yeah. to have this that he was going to be chewing up the scenery you yeah. don't know that you're just reading yeah, and you know Kubrick wants that intensity because he wouldn't cast Jack Nicholson otherwise. Oh, you want to cast Jack Nicholson. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, nobody, you know. nobody is ever under any illusions yeah. when like it wasn't like, oh, I think he overplayed the Joker a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. You, think, you know what I mean? Like, well, you did hire Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that's the thing. Everyone, thought, like, everyone tries to rate Jokers. And I, just think, yeah. I just think we got three completely different Jokers. Yeah, I think two good ones and one terrible yeah. one. Well, I know there's four Jokers. Is there, about Jared Le- is there? And <laughs> did I forget? About it? Did I? <laughs> um, but like, because uh, the thing is, like you, as you mentioned a moment ago, is like you can't talk about Shane without talking about Stanley Kubrick, and that's what we've done. Like, but like when you look at the movie itself, it's so iconic, and you're talking about the opening scene with the interviewer, and like the switch back and forward with Jack's interview and Danny back at home, um, and then this is where we can Danny see, in the mirror. Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah. to Tony, and this is the first time we see the, his gift of the shining because he knows he got the job. Yeah, he knows he got the job, and yeah. then the phone call comes in and confirms it. Yeah, yeah, and this is where Danny starts asking Tony, "Why don't you want to go there? What is it that you don't want to go there? Tell me, tell me, tell me." And yeah. Tony goes, "I don't want to tell you." And then he does finally tell him, which is obviously just you know him allowing his subconscious, his mental abilities yeah. to take over. And he sees the I iconic think, I think, bloody. I think Alabama. Danny was a, a power source. Yeah. for all of the like a radio, I think, yeah, wasn't it? that was there. Mm. Um, so I do think that Danny, like, through no fault of his own, exacerbated everything. Yeah, because they were able to kind of pervert his gift, and it, you even see, like, when he goes into the, you can see that the building is feeding off him. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, and and that's emphasized in the second film. Uh, that it's just, well, Scatman can see them too. Uh, Dick. Uh, uh, Halloran. I was going to call him Carruthers. Carruthers. No, that's his real surname. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, where are we getting Carruthers from? And we off. have to. We have to. You have to talk about the fact that he he took a like a, an intercontinental fight from like Florida to to, yeah. to get hit in the stomach with an axe. Yeah, I, I, I said, like literally that's one thing I was like I said to you before we were recording, but like that's the one thing that like always annoyed me about this movie. When I was rewatching, I was like, should I just fast forward to Dick Halloran? Yeah. Try like the, yeah, I was like, do I really need to see him at home with all like he's got amazing artwork. Those, yes, uh, like those women with the uh, giant afros. Oh my lord! Bring back the afros, ladies. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, bring them back. Um, but uh, no, like I, I do. Do we? I, I was like looking at it because when it was released in Europe initially, it was two hours long, and now it's two hours and twenty four minutes long, and that's what it was when it initially released in America and stuff. I think that's why I seen and, uh, it originally. Yeah, because yeah. you know we weren't we weren't there in nineteen eighty. By the time we actually yeah. got around to this film, was a on TV quite often yeah and any time though I see a movie when I see extended cuts or whatever I always try to look at what could they have cut away initially yeah yeah, yeah. Even, even, and, yeah. and I was like I'm definitely thinking they could have cut away at least 10 minutes of Scatman Carruthers travelling from Florida to Colorado just to get murdered just to get murdered just, just to the to body count because it doesn't have a huge body count yeah, yeah I just think I that's what it is yeah, I, I, yeah and I didn't need it to be yeah. fair because that wasn't the concept yeah. because all you need is characters that you're engaged with and something happening to yeah. them because it's not it's I all descent into madness yeah, yeah. exactly Exactly, and, yeah. and and I loved when a horror film decided that yeah, I, we're not trying to we're not trying to take on Friday the Thirteenth here. They yeah. had thirteen kills in the second. But film. this was so met maybe, before Friday the Thirteenth. 
It was actually yeah, sorry. Yeah. It's a bad example. Yeah. Let's say Halloween. Yeah. Let's say Halloween had whatever six, seven murders. Well, maybe we should have yeah. nine. No, that's not that's not story. Had, that's not storytelling. I that's the, the Michael ob- Bay maybe more explosions. The original probably. Halloween only had three or four murders, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, the original Halloween had the couple of murdered. The sister that was murdered at the start. Um. Yeah. The sister died at start, and then um. Uh, the that baby, guy he sticks to the wall. The, but the babysitting killings is what. I'm kind of looking at because yeah. it was like initially it was going to be called the babysitting uh, yeah. babysitter killer or whatever and um, I think he only kills like three or four people yeah he probably. kills like Annie Annie's boyfriend and the two the couple that are banging as well yes so I don't know if he kills anyone else outside of that does he? and this was kind of yeah this kind of left all that behind because it was never <laughs> they, 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 like I mean it had tropes well I suppose maybe you might even call them tropes in 1980 yeah. it's definitely stuff that's been lent, leaned into oh, since of course, yeah. it broke ground but it still had stuff that you just recognised and if those tropes existed they probably existed in Steve, like in the literary world yes with the likes of Stephen King and that's yes. why his movies were getting adapted so readily even back in the 70s and 80s like I'm just glad that they didn't have another kid that was a teenage girl that didn't want to leave her friends behind. <laughs> oh my god! Like if this, I never, if they never have another teenage girl yeah. that's upset about the move, I, I would be. This happy. is the creme de la creme of horror, uh, haunted house movies, though. Oh, it is. Like there's a few, like there's very, like maybe the Changeling or something. Even yeah. that. No, but like, there's hundreds of deaths in this, yeah. in this, in this con- in the concept. You don't, you don't see what happened to the Indian colonies. You yeah. don't see every death that happened the, to the, the Indian people colonies. To, thing is that mentioned in The Shining or Doctor Sleep? It's mentioned in The Shining. Yeah. I is think it? when they're giving them a tour of the grounds. Yeah. I think. Uh, oh, uh, she goes. Is are they real Native American? Is that real Native American artwork or something? Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, it's uh, Navajo or something." I think he yeah. says, "Isn't it?" And a lot of people believe that's filled with symbolism. If you look closely at the oh god, yeah, and I think that's what the elevator scene was about. The yeah. amount because it's not just isolated killings. The amount of blood spilled there, you drown in in a yeah. quite you know it's it's quite a, in that way maybe a quite obvious metaphor, but a literal enough blood. Was that in the book? Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole Indian burial ground and all that. Yeah, yeah, that was all. That yeah. was all mentioned. I think. Yeah. And like, do you like? Do you think a lot of this movie resonates with the American guilt they feel over? I think it, it 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 touches upon it. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I I like the fact that it didn't ignore it. And you know, somebody I remember somebody tweeted a joke it's like, "Oh, all these bad things happen in America. It's almost like the entire place is built on an Indian burial ground." Yeah, and, <laughs> and that, I remember just thinking, "Fucking hell!" Like, you know, it's. Uh, but I I I do. I I think yeah. that this like it, it it's basically a hotel that should have never been built. Yeah, and it brings back to this like concept we were saying. Like, you ever walked into a place and went, "No, yeah, there's bad juju here." Like, yeah. you know, and, and this would be that to the nth degree, and that was. That was, and then you got to see it through psychic means. You actually got to, to and see again. It's like if the walls could talk, the walls were able to fucking talk. Yeah, and it was like a place where the rich um, could be good, go there, be like recluse, secluded, like you know, live their decadent lives and yes. all this kind of shit. And it's literally built on the light, boring joy at the yeah, uh, exactly the yeah. Overlook Hotel. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, and like, it's kind of like the epitome of, or the like the, as we said, said a minute ago, like but the nth degree. But like this is kind of the end degree of what the Western culture kind of did to Native Americans, killed them and built their own lifestyle on top of it or whatever. Like and something that was probably sacred to them is now just being treated as another place, to like you know the fuck or foreign kid or whatever. You know what I mean? Like to get drunk, do drugs, fuck furries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. you know that kind of way, like you know, and they're suffering for their sins because, like, obviously maybe the place was cursed after the the massacre. And your arrogance, mm. so the fact that nobody cared, the fact that all yeah. that decadence that, that came afterwards that was apathy, kind of, in yeah. a way, so disrespectful. Yeah. Just to have that 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 complete apathy towards yeah. it. 
and it was like it locked them in for their sins yeah and, and it, again it was your dark it fed on your darkness and i think if you have enough darkness it fed on you entirely yeah and that's why a lot of these people still kind of walk the hallways you yeah. know great party and all that kind of stuff it's the door like in every haunted house movie though it's nearly right. always the father turns evil the father turns evil, and yeah. the spirit communicates with the kid oh yeah the spirit <laughs> communicates with the kid and the conjuring and poltergeist yeah. Uh, God, yeah, don't yeah the father just didn't turn evil in the country, which I liked. Yeah. He was just never there. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> Poor bastard running against <laughs> it. <laughs> that's half my rate. But I, I don't know. Like, all, all in all, like, this is what I was saying to my, my partner, Sheila. I was saying, mm. tell me what the, tell me what the uh, Shining was about, about a hundred words. And yeah. she, she did, she did a good job summing it up about, you know, a man who, he takes jobs as a caretaker and he's thinking, now I can use this downtime to finally finish my novel. And, yeah. and, and then he descends into madness. And I, re- I remember going, you know, you're, you're very much so talking about it from the perspective of Jack. It's called Shining and Danny has the Shining. Yeah. <laughs> and even now when we delve into it, we've talked so much about Kubrick and so much about Jack. And yeah. it's because it was such Kubrick for them, but also because Jack chewed up the scenery and Danny was just kind of this innocent caught yeah. in the middle of it all and but experience he was our it window into he the was, horrors yeah, of the world for the actual horror of it we see yeah. through his eyes yeah the, the woman that even Jack, though stanley kubrick told him he was making a different movie or something wasn't yeah, it? yeah 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 and he didn't see the full cut he was 17 years old or no something. no god no yeah. how could he you know jack uh seen the, the you know wendy tells him about the woman in the bath and then he goes in she's this beautiful yeah beautiful yeah. woman and he starts kissing her and things so like that says it, but then when he, he realized that he had descended into madness when he kind of like like when he walks through the ballroom and uh, Grady spills a drink on him and helps him clean it off. Yeah. And he's just like, okay. it, It's apricot, sir. Yeah. It's apricot. It's best to get it out now, sir. And yeah. tends to leave us tight. <laughs> that guy Grady, man, like, you know, like that's very little I can quote from him on air. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know? Not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. You could see that, especially that Jack had just, when, when the hotel finally was doing the impossible, yeah. he'd already lent, uh, leaned into it. Yeah. He was already mad. He was I, already he already kind of belonged to the hotel. Do you think it was a case of as soon as he accepted that drink and that's him giving it? Oh yeah, start. yeah. He's five five months, I think he was yeah. supposed to be clean. And he had hurt Danny, I think this his shoulder. shoulder yeah. yeah. And uh it, again, it it was once he gave back because his demon going in was alcoholism. Yeah. And when he gave into that and was happy enough for Jack Daniels, uh he Get, he had get, to give it up. He gave into the overlook. He completely gave into the overlook, and the yeah. overlook owned him. Yeah. And at that point forward, he went just completely. But the thing is, he went, that the was it. He was crazy instantly from yeah. that. I'm just going to bash your brains in. Yeah. I'm just going to bash my right <laughs> fucking. And I'm going to hurt you, Andy. I'm, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to bash your brain. <laughs> her like holding the bat like halfway up for some yeah, reason. Because people are saying that was like take sixty seven or something, and that was the last take, and that's the one they used. Really? And so she's just fucking exhausted. Oh god. Uh, but um, she, uh, it's clear to see that Wendy taught Danny how to hold a knife. Yeah. Do you remember that? He's holding it backwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> red Ram. Red, red Ram. Ram. Do you think that's actually because he sees it backwards? Exactly. You see maybe in the mirror. Maybe that's why he's holding it yeah, backwards. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. That's the thing. Absolutely yeah. nothing can you just take. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In a, way, it's, in a way, it's amazing. And in a way, it's quite fatiguing. Yeah. The, the film itself. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. Just, just in that sense. If the well, symbolism. No, when you, well, the first time I watched it, I watched it and it was amazed yeah. by it. But then, I mean, like, you know, you, you have conversations with people, and especially pre internet before yeah. everything was just, you know, you were like, did you know this? Did you know this? Actually, this was this. And you're like, yeah. oh. And then you watch it again and you're like, oh, oh. Yeah. I wonder, oh, room 237. What does 237 mean? And yeah. Then, you know. But 237 was only chosen because it's 213 or something in the book. 
Is it? Yeah. And the reason the room 237 was chosen because the place that the Overlook uh, Hotel was based on, the real place that still existed today, um, have a room 213 or 217, whatever the real one was. And they didn't want this whole thing where people come in there to stay in the room or people yeah, think the room yeah, was haunted. The dark tourism, I think. Yeah, they so it. they yeah. didn't actually have a room 237. So I think that's why the number was chosen. Uh, uh, I think it's different in the movie than the book. I've that's interesting. See, that's yeah. what I mean. And there's no, yeah. there's, there's no end to learning about this. There's yeah. just absolutely no end to it. Yeah. Um, but all in all, you do see when Jack starts to go crazy and actually comes from his family that you finally had somebody succumbing to his darkness and then it kind of became a classic horror film. Yeah. In the sense that now there's a dude with an axe who's trying to kill you. I mean, that was done. Yeah. That was old hat, even in 1980. Yeah. And... But it was it introduced to us in such a slow burning, but like omnipotent kind of way that it just felt like shit. Yeah. That now we've a slasher on our hands, you know. Even though th there's this quite obvious benevolence behind it, but then then you just had no Jack no, being Jack. Nobody stares off into space more menacingly than Jack Nicholson. No. <laughs> Holy shit! The part with the turtle neck. Oh fuck! Oh, they're yeah. outside, and he's just like, yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> yeah and Danny, of course, you have to talk about the genius near yeah. the end of this film, where Danny doubles back through his own footsteps yeah. in the maze. Yeah. And Jack... oh, before we get into the final chase sequence, do you want to go take a quick break? Oh yeah, I'd love yeah. to go for. A... All right, cool. So, right, uh, all right, folks. This is Invasion of Polly Snatchers. I'm your host, Finny Green. I'm your host, Nolan Tui. And we'll be back after the break. And uh, now, work from our sponsors. We're back from the break. Thanks uh, for staying with us if you're still here. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Noel John Tui. Right, this is Invasion of the Poly Statues. And Noel, throughout October, we said we're going to go to all these famous places. We already said we started in Derry, Maine. Now we're back in the Overlook. In the first half of the movie, we talked about Stanley Kubrick a lot. We talked about Jack Nicholson a lot. We talked about the meanings, the documentaries, all the symbolism, all this cool shit. But what we kind of ignored a little bit was the story itself. And this is what I want to kind of jump into for the second half. We talked about a lot of how the film was perceived and how it was taken, but I want to talk about the story, right? Cool. Even though the story is super well known, so we don't need to fucking go scene by scene like we used to do back in our yeah. Spider-Fan heyday. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> young and wet behind the ears. Yeah, Anson Noel was like, uh, kind of feels like we're describing films to the blind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, which is nothing wrong with that. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, no, like, no, that there is... Yeah, but we're just, like, what he means, like, we're describing movies to people that have already seen the movie exactly so like yeah. it makes no sense to do it, like the way we we're describing it but like um so no like what did you think of the way this movie is constructed because like we talked about jack's very rapid descent into madness in comparison to the book where you say it's more gradual and seemingly yeah, well, even he, he into... seems softer yeah like it's right that intensity of jack there is a fair point because that. of jack nicholson though yeah because mm. of jack nicholson i mean uh, yeah but like i mean i mean he showed up and did the job he was he was signed up to do yeah um the story, it's a couple, like, if you were to say what the story was, the story is a couple of things, isn't it? Yeah. There's, like, three, like, straight stories that mesh together into this kind of overlap of craziness. Yeah. That that you would have to sit there. Like, it's a hard enough film to describe to somebody because it doesn't just have the classic start, middle, end. Yeah. It's the, it's the descent into madness juxtaposed against uh, the wife trying to kind of steady the ship, juxtaposed against a child who's just learning so much about himself yeah. and these abilities that he has. Um 
But I think that if you were to try and make simplify it, I think it's the story of the hotel. Yeah. I think that's what The Shining is about. I think it's about the hotel itself. And um, what did you think of, um, like, the, what do you think of, like, Jack? Like, pretty much, we were, like, you know, his relationship with Wendy. Did you think they seemed like a natural kind no, of No, God, no. God, like, no. Like, I, 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 when, I, when you're looking at them, you're kind of find it hard to remember like what was the good times what was their first day like, you know what I mean like how did he even meet yeah how did they meet did he like does he buy her flowers yeah, how you know that, I mean? like it doesn't seem like a relationship that could progress from first date all the way through coupling like for yeah, to breeding a, yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. what I mean like all the way through being married it, um, or maybe do you think it's the, the the very fucking common case of he's domineering she's subservient or whatever yeah. she, like, and she just kind of he, that's the kind of woman he wanted and she just goes along with things well, I mean, she yeah. definitely didn't. I mean, she didn't really have the backbone, let's just say, not to say that the position she's in would be yeah. terrifying, but I got when it was even, even when it was like going to get borderline fatal, yeah, uh, she was still just terrified. She was yeah. kind of the well, she did knock him out and knock him in the pantry, she did, and that was kind of awesome. She won then, technically, yeah. I you know what I mean. Like, not only does Jack die at the end and whatever, but like, even in that moment, Grady had to free. Um, Jack from the pantry. So he like I remember even he was like, "Your wife's was it? Your wife's got more fighting than we thought she had, or something." Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't just like Jack. Jack was just like shit defending himself. Yeah, like, absolutely. I've never seen a more poorly swung baseball bat in my entire life. But I, I think, I, I, but like he had never had any reason to fear. Her. Yeah, it's the first thing she ever saw for stuff. Never had any reason to fear. She was kind of so. You must have seen her as being so hapless. Yeah, and you know, delicate. That uh, he yeah, he just thought that this was when he finally came for them, it was just like chopping wood. Yeah. I think he just thought it was going to be a, a literal easy job. But then there's always a thing where get between a woman and put her into mama bear mode. Yeah, get in between her and the child, it's it's a different place. But she's still like what she, film is that initially? Was that in Shining as well? What? He talks about you know them stories about a woman and you know a child's trapped underneath your car and you, the mother was that in the shining was that in the shining I, I, don't don't I don't think so fuck uh, it was in something I've seen recently I know yeah. I've been doing that 61 days of horror challenge on horror so you're drowning in drowning in the horror, horror. Yeah, so yeah, I have no exactly. idea what I'm watching or what I'm <laughs> like even earlier on I was quoting something I can't remember what the movie was so just too <laughs> great many. performance by a very young Keanu Reeves I believe, <laughs> <in the> <laughs> let me check my it's Keanu Reeves <laughs> Keanu Keanu <laughs> <laughs> quinoa uh, <laughs> but it, the film is the film is about is it, it's kind of like a supernatural film and a slasher yeah kind of meshed yeah and that's why i'm saying it's kind of about the hotel yeah because the hotel provides you with the supernatural yeah. what the hotel does to to, to the family Turns provides into you with, a, into a slasher yeah and, and 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 they both are juxtaposed against each other so well that you, you're not really thinking about it when you're watching it. You're yeah. like you're not thinking, wow, this is confusing, a confusing blend of films. Yeah. Do you know what they call a person that murders their family? A family annihilator. You're talking. I swear to God, yeah, it's not one of the most fucked up fucking names for some sort of killer. Isn't Jesus it? Christ. Yeah, man. and that's what this movie pretty much is. This that the hotel does it turns people into family annihilators. Yeah, it's fucked up though. It's not anything. And the innocent get killed, and the, the guilty get absorbed by yeah. the hotel. It seems. Yeah, like because Grady's like I've always been here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Oh, then Jack but, in the picture near at the end is yeah, also. Yeah. No, I just love the scene where Jack and Grady are talking in the bathroom. Do you remember that? Like in the just the back and forth because Jack's like. Jack's still kind of like weary of what he's seeing. Yeah. And he's talking to Grady. He goes, I've seen it in the papers. 
Yeah, I hate to break it to you, Mr. Grady, <laughs> but uh, you chopped up your wife and daughters and you killed yourself or shot yourself or something. And he goes, no, sir. Uh, and he goes, no, you used to be the great caretaker here. And he's like, no, sir, you've always been, you're the caretaker here, sir. Uh, you've always been the caretaker. Yeah. And I was like, and that makes you think, like, is Jack a reincarnated guest? From oh, yeah, what's going on? Because obviously the uh, rules, the like physics has gone out the window. Yeah. So what, yeah, exactly. Or does he just get absorbed back into the, the history of the hotel? Yeah, or is the, whole, is the story of the hotel reset every time he gets a new character? Yeah. Because the what band... Think, like Jack Torrance is like Neo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which brings you back to the appearance of Keanu Reeves. Uh, Keanu. Keanu. <laughs> I'm reading it, definitely Keanu. <laughs> <coughs> but if you were to try and sell this film yeah. it, to somebody, let's just say a film never existed... You don't have a book. You just have a screenplay. Yeah. I, I, I imagine it would be a tough sell because it sounds like you're trying to spin a lot of plates. Yeah. From the outside, just just from an overview of it. Because if somebody said to me, oh, "I've never seen oh, the an Shining. overlook of it," yeah, because you were you asking with like with the story of, "Oh, I've never seen the Shining. What's it about?" I'd be off oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like it's in the end, like it's got all this cool symbolism in it. But at the end of the day, it's literally just. A, a family go to stay in a, a haunted uh, hotel and the father goes insane. Yeah. If you want to know what the, how to say The Shining. Like if you needed a words, synopsis. Yeah. yeah like just That's literally the, like what the movie is in Spare Bones. Mm. It's about a family that goes to, to an isolated hotel that ends up being haunted. The father goes insane. Yes. You know and I mean? The Shining is kind of expanded on yeah. in the second film and the first film. It's, it's uh, like an extreme type of intuition. Yeah. So sometimes you look at someone's face and but you can tell what they're thinking immediately. Some people shine more than others. Yeah. yeah. Scat man, be be be. But uh, I, I I think the the the, the intuition mm. of Danny, he hadn't learned to weaponize it. Yeah. But it did at the same time keep him alive. He didn't even know what it was. He thought it was an imaginary friend Tony lived in his mouth. Weird. Yeah. That's weird enough as it is. Like. But that's it, and he was at a young enough age that you could just again yeah. willful imaginations of children. Like I seen like before seemingly one of the symbolisms I tried to catch it but I think I missed it was like seemingly like when before Danny talks to Tony and asks him what's in the shining on his door is dopey I think from the seven dwarves because Danny is dopey he's ignorant he just know and when he knows seemingly dopey's gone off his door and because he's no longer dopey he knows Oh wow! Yeah, right. seemingly that's one of the things that was in the room two, three, seven. Oh. But I didn't catch it the last time I watched because I think I looked away for a second and I looked back up and I wasn't bothered rewinding it. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just gonna take that for granted. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It would mm. be fatiguing. Mm. It would be so fatiguing to watch a film that way. Yeah. And you know the way these days people like to spot the Easter eggs and the, yeah. the hints and the Especially nods in the days too. Of Marvel and stuff. Yeah, Marvel yeah. being a huge one. You yeah, know. big proponent of an Easter egg. Oh, huge, yeah. massive, and which uh, you've done since your comic books anyway. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they really have. But this, I, I think it would just get to a point where somebody like who's close to Sandy might go, dude. <laughs> dude. Yeah, be that guy, won't it? He's like, in uh, scene 35, uh, you look in the left-hand corner of the screen, you can see a rocket that is clearly faced eastward. Guess what? Where did the, the rocket go to the moon? Went east. Did it go to the moon uh, all the way to the moon? I don't think so. I think it's like, there's a soundstage also known as East Soundstage in Warner Bros. Yeah. And oh, I, was, I was like, oh. dude, you need to calm down. You need to calm, calm down. down. I want to see ghosts and a haunted uh, hotel. Yeah. I don't need to see I want to see a guy taking, uh, like, a fly 
die yeah. thousands of miles to get hit in the stomach with an axe. Yeah. That's all I'm here <laughs> for. Like, <laughs> it's so pointless. Yeah, so it's pointless. So pointless. And like, and I think like when I, as I said, you know, watch the back of the board. Did it cut the twenty minutes? And I'm sure ten minutes came out of his journey there. Yes. So like, oh my god. And he's and like, like essentially what he could have been is the person who lets Danny know that he's not crazy. Yeah. That he has something. But that he, he could have come back so much quicker without all those steps. Ringing them. And ring him back. Yeah, and the ham radio. And all this and that. And so he's lying in bed and he's watching TV and he's on an airplane. Do we need to see him on the airplane? Do we need to see him on the airplane? I don't think so. <laughs> we need to see him in the airport maybe making the phone call to his friend to get the snow car. That's important. Yeah. We don't need to see him on the airplane. No. Do we need to see him make two calls? No. Make one call and then hint at the second call. You we know got that I mean? sage, like shot from outside of the airplane. You yeah, know what I mean, like we actually. Got yeah, that. that's all you need. Like shot outside the airplane and show him in the airport. Yeah, that's it. You don't need to show anything else. Like, you no, know what God I mean? like, no. You remember yeah. Snatch? Where yeah, the guy like has to keep going back between America and England, and it was just him like taking two sleeps. And then it was just, and that was it. Yeah. And then he was coming back. It was just they did it in like the most snappy ways because you don't most snatchy way. Yo. Yeah. But you don't need to. You don't need to feed it. That character did end up being a bit pointy. I'll be a likable character, incredibly and, go, and, he, and he did. But well, he, he had a point at the start. He had a point to start. Yeah, and he, he showed Danny what what he had, and it was a gift. Mr. Thornton, yeah. did you know your son's trying to bring in some outside interference into this <laughs> situation? And he's like, No, I didn't. Know that. <laughs> I love the look in Jack Nicholson's face there, and he's like, he's actually like, I actually didn't know that. No, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that's when he's starting to believe. I think in his mind that he, he's not imagining this. Because yes. he just got given information that he didn't know. Yeah. You know that's a good I mean? point, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the thing about, like, in these scenes, the more he interacts with them, that's when he realizes, oh, I belong here, whatever, in his mind. He's let out of the pantry by one as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Grady yeah. lets him out of the pantry, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think even before, because the more information he gets or the more assistance he gets, that's the more and more he gives into it. Because Confirmation. Because at, yeah. at first he just thought he was going insane. Yeah, because you maybe you're I mean? just like, standing in his top bathroom alone. Yeah, talking to a shot, yeah, shot and that's why he was like saying to Wendy, like, "Oh no, there was nothing there," because if he believed in ghosts, he'd be like, "Let's get the fuck out of here. This place is haunted. Yeah, it's oh, smoking hot bitch in there, and now, now, now she's like half melted and moldy. Yeah. I'm getting the fuck out of here. If you yeah. and Danny want to come, that's cool. If you're not, I'm outie. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know, but because he believed there was Johnny. Yeah, you know, exactly, yeah. Pulling because he was going, he thought he was going insane. He denied it. But when he realized that... Well, this was, again, not and it was ever his fault. Even yeah. his own descent into madness. Yeah. He never took responsibility well, for it. Well, it wasn't really his Damn. fault, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, but he would he would never admit to anything being his yeah. fault. He, he just, just gave into, into it because he was weak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. And he's scary, but he's weak. Yeah. And that's the thing about him. And that's how he ends up kind of dying in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's, absolutely. He, and yeah. what's his major weakness? His rage. And how does he get lost in the maze? Because he gets blinded by his own rage. Yeah. And he doesn't like, you know what I mean? He gets lost literally in the maze and the maze could maybe, like you say, symbolizes his madness because he gets lost in his own madness and ends up to his yeah. death or whatever, like, you know what I mean? And like, something you touched on before you went to the break because I didn't want to jump into the climax hmm. was that fucking bit of ingenuity by little Danny. Yeah, when he does following his own footsteps. Yeah, I was watching that, I was like, wouldn't have thought of it. <laughs> oh, 100% would not 100% would have died in that maze yeah, in a terrible absolutely. sense of direction yeah exactly <laughs> I always said to the rain that like I play a lot of like apocalyptic games and stuff uh, on the Xbox and Playstation I'm like uh, I, I, I'm like I'll get into like a horde of zombies I'll kill them all get lost and die by two zombies you know yes. what I mean I walk into and I go through yeah. like I, I'm pretty sure how I die in the apocalypse would be my bad sense of direction oh, I was, I've actually <laughs> often said the exact same thing <laughs> yeah uh, even I'd like get lost and walk into a zombie. You know yeah, what I, mean? like, I was always, you know, those, again, those kind of games you 
and there's like a little radar up the top left and that and i'm just getting hunted down like a bitch by whoever i'm up against yeah. because i just can't approximate yeah and really, you're trying to look at the radar time. it's like red dots motherfucker. Red dot, yeah uh, exactly especially like, if it's a first person shooter and you can't see behind you properly and shit no like, uh, god yeah no that would be definitely my yeah that's it outsmarted by well I, I know the kid was supposed to be eight or something eight like, or something yeah. yeah um but just to have him die of exposure yeah um, that look in his face though yeah absolutely <laughs> but that was it like i mean he he had the hate yeah, frozen right, in a state of rage frozen forever. In, in, yeah. inside of him like you know the complete and total he never had any regrets like i'm sure he dying in the dying of exposure is a horrible way to go but he, um, he took the hate with him right to the grave one thing i actually have to admit from like i've been watching that 1970s 1980s kind of cinema lately like filling in some movie blanks like some classics that i didn't get to see or haven't seen or i'm just getting around to seeing one thing i have to say that modern cinema is missing in comparison to classical cinema is the comb over yeah oh my word yeah. I seen that guy the other day in a movie from like the 70s and that comb over was not fooling anybody. <laughs> he had like four hairs coming across yeah. and I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a completely bald Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> God, actually, that is, that is an yeah. uncomfortable dog. Yeah, even though he would have met a great Wolverine back in the day, wouldn't he? Jesus Fucking he hell. Especially oh in this God, movie. Yeah. yeah. My God. If that era, Jack yeah, Nicholson, that, yeah. would have been phenomenal. With them locks and everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just that intensity yeah. as well. And Miss Turtlenecks too. Not enough actors. Chris Evans wears a good turtleneck. Chris Evans. Yeah. He wears a good turtleneck. He wears a good turtleneck. There's so something I could say about Chris now. Mm. He's not a shellfish guy. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to come at me. I know they're amphibious. Playing <laughs> yeah. with the shell. Talking about the shell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on, people. Jokes get funnier when you deconstruct them. That's yeah, just a fact. Yeah, it's a fact. But tell no me. One. <laughs> Let me I want to deconstruct my deconstruction. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is it. The Stanley Kubrick joke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I, <laughs> right, so no, I want to tell that joke 62 more times. Yeah. And then yes. I want you to deconstruct it for several hours. <laughs> and I want you to find it funnier yeah and, and i want order. you to find the hidden symbolism in my joke yeah. am i talking about a turtle or am i talking about Apollo 11 oh you tell me yeah you tell uh, me obviously the moon landing clearly the moon landing because why because shells are oval in yeah. <laughs> <The> moon <laughs> is also <laughs> what's a turtle in latin i think it's moon <laughs> you know what's a fake fish a turtle yeah you know <laughs> and like what's luna which is moon means lies and actually do you ever hear that one from the flat earth thing the guy is like and NASA is like nearly identical to the Hebrew word meaning lie, which is nasha. He goes, it's kind of close, but you know what I'm getting at. Oh. I know what they're getting. I'm like, ooh, painful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't mind just like you know x amount of hundred languages. So you just like cycle through them until yeah, you find. Yeah. And the closest you could get was nasha. Yeah. You know? uh, do you think that guy watches The Shining? Oh, <laughs> imagine the simplest He'd be loving that oh, shit. Oh yeah, everything meant everything meant flat Earth, like. <laughs> yeah, it's just like the overlook. If you look at it, it's like it's overlooking, and you can't overlook a globe because it's obviously flat because it's overlooking the Earth. Yeah. So the Earth is obviously flat. You know, infinite plane hashtag infinite plane. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but like back to the shining. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but like, uh, so no. What did you think of? Like, we've already touched on uh, Jack's Descent into Madness. 
um, uh, Danny and the Shine in Wendy's performance, or sorry, Shelley Duvall's performance, Wendy, the reasons why, you know, she kind of came across a bit in line because more than likely it was the actor facing oh, real exhaustion yeah. oh, that just yeah. happened to be caught on screen. Like, literally, as she is proclaimed afterwards, it's that's literally her descending into her own state of madness that actually oh, yeah. stayed with her, like, you know what I mean? God, like, but, like, if there is any movie that has stead, is the way it's stead with Shelley Duvall, like, any movie that's really stead in the consciousness, like, The Shining over the past four years, like, I'm unsure. Because, no. like, if you look at it, I said to you, like, there's a movie, like, that documentary, two, The Room 237, is only from four or five years ago. Yeah. Like this shit is not like it's been, it was deconstructed for five years, for ten years, and it was forgotten yeah. about and came back for the past four years. Like a spotlight or a micro- microscope or a magnifying glass, whatever, has been shined on this fucking movie. And like I was just gonna say that, like, do you think that like any other movies kind of have the same kind of? Do you think that's the problem with modern movies? I know because they're modern, they haven't got a chance to age. But like, there's very few movies nowadays have the symbolism or the hidden meaning also or, like these days a lot of it has been done yeah. so it's harder and harder to break that glass ceiling yeah. that's why i think like something like uh the blair witch project love or hate it, it the found footage thing it'll always have that yeah um but i think in 1980 i think she broke so many glass ceilings that people get into horror they, they, they realize it is has been the, the the black sabbath or the led yeah. zeppelin or something just something that paved the way yeah and it'll always have that that mystique about it and it's and as time goes on and as we lean into more tropes and as it gets harder and harder to find something new yeah. i think it is uh, yeah i do i think it's a placeholder that you see people wearing shining t-shirts all of the time yeah that the, the eyes inside of the the, the and the yellow yeah. the, the yellow yeah, and or the carpet and the tie exactly like, yeah. yeah um i so no i i think it's just i think it just cemented its place and, and, and the rise of the modern horror genre yeah. but so yeah like what do i know a quiet place or something like that could be talked about for years to come yeah. but which i think, cause, it's, cause I think it will be yeah because that I, was so new exactly and i think yeah. that broke a glass yeah, i thought the way you silence we've talked about it before so i do think there is there is ground you... been broken but that film it it, it took so much away yeah. from uh, uh, it, it added so much to what had come before it and it meshed so many genres yeah. it had so much symbolism that it's it's going to be hard to top. Do you think uh, the sign of a real classic is how many kind of films are similar to it? That come yeah, I do. I do think like films that like you could argue wouldn't have existed. Yeah. Just and that's why I said the Black Sabbath or whatever. You, you know, know there's just these bands. I, I, I know the Shining wasn't the first haunted house movie. Like not even close. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Um, but it was the kind of the haunted house movie that took it to the mainstream, if you will. Even though like it. Brought in what double its money or something we checked earlier on the GG. But like, look at a quiet place, like you mentioned a second ago. That was a sensory deprivation horror. Yeah. And look how many sensory deprivation horrors that come out afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or so even like Don't I, Breathe 1 and 2, Bird Box. Um, bird Box where you can't see. Yeah, or the, know, gir- and... the, the girl that's in her, in her house and she's deaf or she's blind. And hush. Like, hush, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so I was saying, like, quiet place is kind of a good for modern. Like, look at the conjuring. How many movies that came out similarly to the Conjuring? Insidious, yeah, you know, yeah, well, yeah. Insidious was James Wan as well. When Conjuring is a haunted house movie, Insidious is a possession movie. Yeah, cut yourself on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm embarrassed myself. <laughs> but you know, but this is kind of bold, isn't it? In a sense, well, you know, just is you wouldn't call it really a possession movie, would you know? No, because it's not like something it, completely. It's just a descent into It madness. allows you to, yeah. to, to lean into it's the kind of Amityville horror or something. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. That's yeah, a good yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. with the Amityville came before this, 1976. Yeah, the original Amityville. God, yeah. 
So this is kind of like Amityville to the 10th degree because but that's it, it, yeah. Because Amityville didn't they have the whole, or is that just in the remake? Of course, yeah, no, I had the, the family, Indians. the guy who kills his family and then another family moves in and this guy starts to want to kill his family. No, yeah, that's based on the Ronnie DeFeo murders. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I'm talking about, um, do you know the Ryan Reynolds remake where they talk about Ketchum, the guy who seemingly killed all these Native Americans in the house back in the 1600s? Was that in the original with I'm James sure. Brolin? Because I, I haven't seen the original ages, so like I'm just saying because like if you're saying with the Indian thing, because maybe I when was the Shining book written? Because I'm Jesus, so, that's that's yeah, a good question. Because uh, I'm just thinking like maybe Amityville Horror, uh, Ronnie DeFeo, uh, uh, what you call it, uh, inspired Amityville Horror. Did Amityville Horror inspire Stephen King? Stephen King wrote The Shining. You know, and Stephen King inspires Sonny Kubrick to make Absolutely, the or he takes it, yeah. That's it, well, it's, it's one hand washes the other. Yeah. This takes this, uh, it builds on it, and then it gives it to a genius who just takes it and yeah. brings it to, to a whole new height, and especially like cinematic brilliance, Yeah, uh, which Amityville didn't have. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose it's fair to say that even even the shine iconic movie in its own right though iconic movie in its yeah. own right yeah and that's what I mean I I think and even like Canis I think the reason I don't think the shining will be surpassed because even in forty years time when the, the modern films are forty years old they're still going to be talking about the shining which will be eight years old yeah. it's still just building prestige like, dude this movie's older than both of us yes. and you're super old I'm right? super old. super old right really. Um, really old like super old it's like unnecessarily old unnecessarily old <laughs> but um like and we're still talking about the movie yes you know what i mean like like this movie came out seven years nearly a decade before i was born right like five or six years after you were born right <laughs> <laughs> but it's like two decades after you were born <laughs> but um no like i'm just talking about like, this is a sign of a true blue fucking classic horror like icon when you have guys that weren't even born like when the movie came out, yeah, or talking about it, yeah, like I love it, and like we're yeah. talking about it four decades later, like, like literally, like you know what I mean? It's forty-one years since the Shining came out. We're still talking about it. There's still hidden messages. I'm sure there's still hidden meanings. I'm sure there's still forums all over the internet talking about this and this and this. And there's still people breaking it down. And like, I don't think there's any other movie that really has that attached to it in the same way. Like I love Halloween. I love the Thing, and has all the has all its qualities. But I think it's the hidden meanings. And like the different layers to the story and maybe the whole thing how it varied so much and how the person that created it hated it and there's just so much things about it the shining and maybe that's why it's so iconic yeah. you know what i mean i just don't think like there's many films no. that actually have that especially in the horror genre i think that's why 40 years later two dudes in fucking ireland are talking about it still <laughs> you know what i mean and 40 like, years later from now people will be talking about it still yeah you know what i mean like yeah yeah it, it raised the bar i think of what can be done yeah. Um, of what of a horror film not really happened to be a very two dimensional idea. Yeah. That uh, uh, that essentially everything is just storytelling, and you can use the thriller or the action or the fantasy or whatever. Yeah. And the horror is actually no different. It just might be a little bit darker. Yeah. And it's like we don't have to explain everything anymore. No. I want to put stuff in there. That's just, an excellent point. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause like, what's the furry doing? He's obviously blowing that dude. Yeah. But like, oh, oh, what the fuck is like? What's that scene all about? You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, it's just like it's like the the guy is like, oh, it's a wonderful time here, and he's like a blog. Yeah, what's his yeah, story? Yeah, you know? it's like it's like as you said, it's so imagery heavy, and it's like sometimes it's like it, it's like the mystery is the horror. The yeah. unknown is the horror. It's that's that, it. it goes yeah. back that's, to that. And that's what I'm saying. When you're not, you don't need high body mm. counts. It's all like horror is essentially it's it's a very comfortable way to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and. This does the 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 the, the, 
shock, the, the sudden yeah. kind of thing that happens, or the slow burn, yeah. and it does something that exists in between the two, like when Jack's walking up the stairs towards Wendy, and it's just got it's just got so many pallets of discomfort, yeah. and you're able to just watch it from the comfort of your home or you're safe, and that's what horror is. That's what I love about it. Yeah, and this film just just did that, and I realize it can be really complex and it can be really really rewarding yeah and i, I do I, I i think i think i think it introduced a lot of art to, yeah. to and it'll always hold a special place for people who love horror yeah. simply because of that it's very it's a very artistic film yeah uh, compared to whatever you know like some of the sleepover you know massacre kind of films yeah, that like sleepaway camp massacre sleepaway camp massacre for yeah, example like yeah. which is great and i enjoy yeah. it but it was it was very cut and paste and that's the other like it's like that's how you know Friday the 13th is a classic horror because it spawns so many imitations. oh absolutely yeah. that's what I'm saying with The Shining and Quiet Place with Dew Touchdowns like, that maybe go turn into a classic horror because it spawns so many similar movies yeah you know what I mean the sensory deprivation so like it's nearly its own fucking subgenre. oh absolutely like, you know I mean? yeah it is um, remember just mm -hmm. vampires made a comeback for, for nobody asked for but everybody mm -hmm. seemed to ask for it somehow the, the, the paradox some of them of sparkled they hear oh god sparkled Ugh. sparkling vampires we make them Batman to reward them <laughs> but he's turning into a good actor now yeah though. he is yeah. yeah he takes acting very seriously yeah, yeah. Um, that Batison's a good actor though he is <laughs> um, but like no before we uh, get the fuck out here do you have anything else you want to say about The Shining and like what do you think like what do you think like uh, Stephen King feels all these years later and you know he was heavily involved in the TV miniseries that we haven't seen well, I haven't seen you seen. Oh, I've seen um, it once uh, years ago. But what do you think now? Do you, like, I know he still holds a lot of contempt to Stanley Kubrick, whatever. But do you think, when it comes to a person like Stephen King who readily sells his work, and it's made some yeah. of it's terrible, like not the books, the, some like, do you think he should hold such a gripe when he actually I, made I, a masterpiece, even though it really I think you're it's your if it, when it's your intellectual property and when it was your vision. And I think of something that you, if you felt it betrayed, I think you're entitled to your opinion. No, but like my opinion, my point about his opinion is that he's had so many things that have been adapted from his words that are shit. Yeah. Like, like not like just to just to say like you know what I mean. Not to mince my words, or whatever. But a lot of the stuff that's being made from his works, the books themselves probably are really good. I haven't read a lot of them. But the movies or the TV shows, whatever, a lot of them are shit, though. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And this movie's a masterpiece. Stand and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So even though this is so different, could he not just say, like, I appreciate that and the fact that it's a masterpiece? Yeah. Considering so many people have made so much shit from my work. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sure he loves John Carpenter because John Carpenter made a lot of good movies from his work. I'd say when, he's, I mean? when he hears the praise for it, it probably doesn't ever feel like praise for him. Yeah. You know and what I mean? even as we touched on earlier, it's just says Stanley Kubrick's the same. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's the difference with Doctor Sleep, the sequel. As Stephen I said, King's Doctor Sleep. It says yeah. Stephen King's even on the the fucking the, the movie or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the difference. Maybe Steve, at least Stephen King must have had more of a hand in it. Well, when I was watching a little bit of behind the scenes stuff, uh, Stephen King was sitting in the room with um, Mike, Mike Flanagan. Flanagan. And they were both kind of talking about. It. So obviously he was very. I guess he, he, the the intellectual property. You're probably still stung from forty years ago. Yeah. That he wanted to at least be in the room. Yeah. And be happy with everything because yeah. it was probably a story they genuinely did care about. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I I I like. I mean, I think he has to. He has to respect what it has become. Yeah. Even if he doesn't feel involved. Yeah. You just have to think like, wow, there's like. 10 horrors that every horror fan loves yeah like almost like there's the thing there's hellraiser there's the shining halloween there's halloween yeah. there's friday the 13th yeah uh, and these are just like films that we almost 
universally love and you have to respect that especially yeah. if you're like you're the master of horror you have yeah. to respect that he should in my mind if i was stephen king i'd be like uh i'm it's an alternate version it's like an alternate reality i get i dig that i would like if i wrote a book or whatever right you know what i mean hashtag rubber bonds uh, <laughs> but like hashtag I, shameless plug yeah you know I mean? like if i wrote a book and i like couldn't get made the way i wanted to and i'd be like okay i'm gonna spend your money i'm gonna be happy and in my mind this is an alternate universe yeah and this is just what happens is if like whoever you are wrote river bones or whatever yeah. you know what i mean or whatever like evil superman and brightburn and stuff like that yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it's like, not you know, it's not it's not christopher reeves yeah it's not like, yeah. it's com it's complete distortion dist exactly like, of you know what i mean like but I yeah think you just need to compartmentalize yourself i think that's a good point yeah, yeah maybe if i'm sure it probably has to a degree or yeah. something but yeah because you know he's had enough success is, <laughs> you yeah, know what i mean like he's had a touch of it all right yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like it's like no i need to be safe some for the rest of us yeah. you know but um so no do you have anything else you want to say about the shining before we get the fuck out no here? i think we i think we've covered the shining we can get the fuck out of here um <laughs> he just kind of paused there weird at the end I was thinking yeah <laughs> I was like shit is he going to say something I, I, was, I, I was thinking to myself like I, we touch upon this and I was like oh my god if I say something about symbolism I'm going to shoot myself yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean I'm so symbolismed out yeah <laughs> yeah so right Noel, um, we're going to be back later on today with uh, the second episode of this franchise right here, and that's Doctor Sleep Doctor Sleep and um, so Noel uh, we get the fuck out of here get the fuck out of here alright folks this is Invasion of Poly Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Noel John Dewey. We got Cara Mack in the back, and we will be back um, not too long from now. That was The Shining. That was The Overlook Hotel. Here's Vinny. Hey, uh, here's me. Uh, I'll, I'm, uh, I'm here. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> See you next time, folks. <laughs>